Welcome to the Heart-Led Revolution Podcast. I'm your host, Rave Reed. I'm a women's empowerment coach, hypno-breathwork guide, and mentor to visionary coaches with heart-led missions. I created the Heart-Led Revolution to lead a movement. The mission is for us women to step more into our feminine power, to lead with our hearts, and to pioneer a new way of being. May every episode be a catalyst for your healing, your turn on, your wealth, and your freedom. It's time for us to lead, to be brave, to be vulnerable, to share our unique gifts with the world, to trust our intuition fully, and to live our lives unapologetically. Thank you so much for being here, for staying open, for staying curious. I appreciate your support, and I look forward to being with you in the show. Welcome to podcast episode number nine with another one of my best friends, Yasmin. Short update is that we have our Breathwork Sayulita retreat coming up in March 2023, and we already have a few rooms booked. So if you are interested, check out the show notes. It's going to be so freaking amazing. I'm already imagining that the group of humans that are deciding to come are just going to be so perfect. Everyone's going to vibe so well, and the people that have already signed up are just like ultimate soulmate friends, clients, retreat members. So me and Dana are just so thrilled to hold space, to share our magic, to build and create this community is really our dream. You know, ever since me and Dana met, we've been talking about building community and being able to just be in spaces with other humans who are devoted to their personal development, devoted to becoming the best versions of themselves and who really care about not only their physical health, but their mental and spiritual health as well. And this is just going to be a safe, brave space for all of us to get to know each other, to dive into cold and contrast exposure and ice plunges and to do breath work, which is so potent and powerful and vulnerable together. We're going to be like a big family after this retreat. So I know there are a few of you who have told me that you are interested. So make sure that you get your deposit in and reserve your room because I have a feeling that it's just going to be the most amazing group of humans. And I would love for you to be there. Send me or Dana a message on Instagram. If you have any questions, no questions, a silly question, we'd be so happy to chat and to see if it's the right fit for you. And if you need a longer payment plan or you'd rather like put a big chunk down and then put it into a payment plan, that's totally fine. We are so open and flexible. And then the last thing is I have my four-month one-to-one mentorship. It includes the Sayulita Breathwork Retreat. And it's basically four months of us doing life together. You get to ask me anything. You get access to all of my programs that I launch, all of the programs I've launched in the past, and everything that I'm going to be launching in the new year. So it's really the best bang for your buck if you want to go to the retreat, you want to have personalized hypno-breathwork sessions, personalized mindset coaching, you get access to me in Telegram, which is like a voice and text support app where you get to 
basically I'm in your back pocket every single day. So this is really for the woman who is wanting to manifest her partner or she's wanting to take the big leap and start her own business. Or maybe she's just really like ready to go two feet in, in her spiritual journey, rewire her mindset become stronger in what she magnetizes in her life and just really is dedicated, devoted, and ambitious to her personal and spiritual growth. I will be in San Diego part of January and February and then also May and June. And whoever is in my mentorships can also have the sessions be in person. We can be at the park or at the beach. I know some really beautiful locations that we can do coaching or hypno breath work sessions um, instead of doing it online. So this is just so special. I would love to chat with you to see if this is the right fit for you. I have an application and I will put that in the show notes as well. I have, you know, never regretted a big investment in myself. It's always taught me so much about what I desire, the decisions that I make and the capacity that I have to allow myself to receive support from someone else and to be held and to be seen and to really have a safe space to be all of who I am and to grow and expand who I am without it being like a friend or a family member, right? Like having a mentor or a coach, of course, I believe is so freaking powerful. That's why I'm doing this work. And last announcement is I just shared my new six month membership, which is the breath club. Ah, freaking out. We start in January and it goes till June next year. And it's going to be monthly hypno breath work. This is a space for women to breathe, to share, to cry, to laugh together. And you're going to receive one personalized coaching session with me as well. You also get access to my breath library, which has daily shorter meditations and hypno breathwork practices and embodiment practices. We're going to have a private group chat and, and also we're going to have an in-person San Diego meetup. That's of course optional if you can come. Um, at the end of our six months together. So it's just going to be a beautiful, intimate space for us women to gather and to grow and to prioritize our self-love and our empowerment. And I have a juicy discount link for all of my community members and anyone who has been in my programs before. So send me a message on Instagram and I'd be so happy to give that to you. It is only $222 per month, but again, for my community members and alumni, I'm giving a discount, so it'll be $185 per month, so I would love for you to join. I am just calling in, again, the most amazing women who are devoted, devoted, ambitious, and really excited about their personal growth, their spiritual growth, and who are just really down for hypno breath work. And I love you all so much. Thank you for being here. And let's dive into the episode. Yasmin has been traveling the world for the last seven plus years. She is the ultimate digital nomad, in my opinion. She's the first one who introduced me to the digital nomad life. She experiences life between Belgium, San Diego, and basically wherever she feels like going. 
which has been such an inspiration to me. Yasmin believes life can be both joyful and intentional in both our personal and professional spheres. She helps entrepreneurs reconnect to why they started their business in the first place. And she helps them develop a conscious marketing strategy based on their purpose. She is the founder of Share Your Bright Side, and she helps you shine and make a positive impact in the world. Hi, love. How are you? How are you? I was even imagining us, you know, like in Sayulita with our angel cards, just sitting on the beach, having a conversation. Could have just um, scheduled it, record any conversation we've had in the past. (laughs) I know. Seriously, I've thought of that before. Like, you know, just us chatting. I'm like, this needs to be recorded and just made into an episode because (laughs) this shit is deep. (laughs) How did we meet? And, you know, we met in Bali, but I'd love to hear your version because I feel like I have explained this to a lot of people, but I'm curious, like, what was your memory of like how you and I first met? Because we've known each other for like how many years now? 2016 or 2015, I think. Yeah. Or 17, I forgot, something like that. But yeah, like at least five years. How did we meet? Um, so I was in Bali with um, Larissa, who was a common friend. Uh, and she just mentioned, she's like, oh yeah, this girl Ray from San Diego is going to come and meet us for like a couple of weeks. And I think she had just met you too. So there was not a lot of uh, of uh, history between you two. Um, and so it was just more like, oh yeah, I told her I was going to Bali and she was down. And so we're all meeting in Bali. <laughs> so I was like, okay, sure, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, that's about it. Like you just showed up. <laughs> and then uh, I didn't know anything um anything about you really and then uh, just remember like so many like mornings like talking about like the books we were reading that was kind of like like the beginning of like my personal development journey because I was just reading The Power of Now and I remember like talking to you about it and I was like man I'm reading this book I feel like I already have to like reread it because it's like there's just too much good stuff, but it's like slowly like getting into my brain. And then, uh, yeah, I felt like just like one conversation after another and then and a great trip. And then since then, it's been like many other countries that we've like traveled together and, and meet up with each other in Europe and Mexico and um, in San Diego, of course. And yeah, Belgium, Spain. Yeah, Italy, wow. eating all the pasta in Italy. Oh my goodness. Yeah, we've been to a lot of countries together, which is so awesome. And yeah, I was thinking, so like the first time that we met, I actually went to Bali because I was new to San Diego. I didn't know anyone really. And I was at the Mission Beach. I don't know, one of these Mission Beach stores. And I saw the Pi Yoga Pants because that was the company you were working for. Mm-hmm. Pi Yoga Pants in the store. And I saw that it did like turtle volunteering and turtle conservation. So I saw that in just a random store in Mission Beach. And I reached out to Pi Yoga Pants at Gmail or whatever her email was back then. And I was just like, hey, I saw this in a store do you guys ever do any volunteering I would love to get involved and and then I went to one of her photo shoots and then after that she was like yeah we actually are gonna do some volunteer work in Bali do you want to come and I was like sure (laughs) (laughs) it was all just because I went to that store that day I don't know if this was actually our first memory or if this is just my memory but when we first met in Bali was it that beach 
Yep. Where the horse is, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just remember it. Oh my gosh. It's like, I can see it now. It was like the colorful pants we were wearing and horses were running by and it was almost like a dark, like black sand beach. I'm like, mm-hmm. what a romantic memory. <laughs> yeah. And then we, we had like, yeah, we had just met and we had to like look in each other's eyes and laugh for the camera. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Very intimate moment right from the beginning. (laughs) Yeah, Larissa was like, act like you love each other. And I'm like, who is this person? (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Great story when like people was like, oh, what do you guys need? It's like, oh, actually, we we did meet in Bali. That's true. (laughs) It's like, always forget about it because you would would think that it would be in San Diego, but nope. Yeah. And, you know, you're probably one of the first humans I knew of that actually lived the digital nomad life. And that was the first time, like, I think I've heard of it before I met you, but that was the first time I actually saw that it was possible. And you definitely introduced that to me. And yeah, like really made me realize how possible it is. And like, how has that been for you being a digital nomad? And like, when did you start traveling and living this kind of lifestyle? Because I know it's more common in Europe, but in America, at least for me, I was raised religious and you know my parents were pretty protective so traveling alone was always like or just traveling far from them was never really encouraged but I'm curious like how it was for you yeah well it's interesting because I don't know if I would say that it is more common in Europe I think traveling like yeah by yourself or like taking longer trip is more common than it is in the states but living abroad and or being like um location uh independent or free or however they, they call it uh is not as like common at all and it's actually very common to at least in Belgium to live like max 30 minutes away from your parents house <laughs> and so for me to like well when I like moved to San Diego and then started like uh, I did like an internship here and like studying here and stuff that was already kind of like out of the out of the ordinary but at least it was in one place so people could like okay she moved there I understand she's living there now and then when I started to like moving around and really not having like any home really like any rent anywhere I would say and just kind of like go wherever I would want to people were very confused and actually would thought that I was on vacation all the time I had to like just like say it over and over again like no I am working like this is I'm not going back to real life I remember that was like the like most common like question why when are you coming back to real life I'm like this is as real as it gets guys I'm not coming back and it was just I don't remember hearing really about like uh, at least that term like digital nomad I don't really remember hearing it I don't remember it being like an intentional decision for me it just kind of like happened because at the time when I was working with Larissa from Pi Yoga Pants we would go to Bali for for work reasons and so we would just be there and work there and then that's kind of like where we first like started meeting like people doing that and uh, and yeah it just kind of like happened like that and be like oh let's just stay a month this time okay sounds great and we went to like Japan once and just like started like adding on to like those trips and it just like worked great and so I even remember being in Australia and going to a cafe in Cairns they were like what do you mean you just want to be here with your laptop and work from our wi-fi and they thought I was like so weird and like we were like stealing their wi-fi or something 
Uh, and so we were like, <laughs> obviously there was like no one else doing that. And we're like, okay, well, maybe this is not the most uh, digital nomad friendly place yet. And I'd be curious to see how it's changed over the year. Because I know with COVID and everything that has evolved a lot. But yeah, I feel like I kind of like stumbled into that lifestyle. And then now I'm like, there's no way I would do anything else. Or like, I tend to change a little less often. That's something that kind of learned along the way that moving around a lot can be really exhausting. So at the beginning, it was exciting. And I was like, yeah, I want to do a goal to do all these places and stuff. And now I'm like, okay, let's just do it like a few months at a time. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if I would really want to like commit to like one place and never leave again. You know? Yeah, yeah. I love traveling somewhere for three to four months at least. It's such a good time. And I love that you mentioned COVID year. And I just think because of social media and technology, what happened with COVID, it really showed us how possible it is to work from home and to be a digital nomad. There are so many people out there who have this desire, you know, to start their own business, to follow their passion and just not sit in a cubicle all day or drive to work every single day, um, you know, or answer to someone else or build someone else's dream. Reflecting back on, you know, when you were working for someone else, like how did you know it was time to do your own thing. I think we were in, were we in Spain? I feel like remember we were walking in Spain. You had this call with your coach. Yeah. And yeah, like how did you know it was time to leave? Because I feel like a lot of people are like in this limbo state. Yeah, I feel like it's always like depending on like each person and what comfort zone we're in. And you know, like you want to stretch yourself a little bit, but you also don't want to like wreck your whole world. <laughs> so I totally understand when like People want to be like more cautious and stuff like that. And I think it, it's going to depend on, on each individual. But I think for me, it was, I, I kind of had this analogy of, I was putting a lot of safety on my regular job and it was actually not bringing me the safety that I was giving it. I was like seeing it as this secure safety net that was going to catch me whenever I would fall. And then when I actually like took a step back, I realized, wait, wait, this safety net is not here to secure me at all. Like it's like it has holes. I'm like putting in a pedestal and it's not like comfortable like place I'm like picturing in my head. And so I kind of had to break down like barriers that I was putting around, like everything that I was putting everything like on a pedestal. And I had to like break that down and realize okay it's not that scary anymore to take another path because I'm putting that job more on a step than like other opportunities I feel like that's like often the case is that it's kind of like how the brain works right like we know what we have right now we don't know what we're gonna get and even if we what we have right now is not the best we still see it as like the most safe and secure uh, option because that's the only thing we know just kind of like looking at it for what it is really, whether it's like a source of stress or like burnout or even some income. Sometimes we're like, oh yeah, but it's like this, this safe income. And we're like, oh, but it's actually not like as much as I imagining it to be. So that was kind of like my thought process. And it took me some time. And I, I know for me, I needed that time too to transition out because I didn't want to like just cut cords and then like be on my own and then freaking out on my own so I kind of like needed that time and I think it, it's important to have it yeah just kind of like get more comfortable with the idea that like oh actually I can do that and just start my own business now 
Yeah, I like what you said about safety. And for me growing up as Filipino, my whole Filipino family and my mom, it was really ingrained in me like to find safety. And that was like the highest priority. And, you know, it makes sense because our family grew up pretty poor in the Philippines. So of course, they really valued finding safety. But for me, it was like, okay, becoming an entrepreneur is literally the opposite of safety. You're taking a huge risk. And, you know, the definition of an entrepreneur is you take bigger risks than the average person. Yeah, it was such a stretch to rewire beliefs about what safety is. It's not necessarily a physical or tangible thing. I can only really find safety within myself first. And I always had it the other way around. Like once I have 20,000 in my savings account, then I'll feel safe. Or once I make sure I have a retirement XYZ, then I'll feel safe. Or then I'll be ready to do the next thing. Thing, or then I'll be ready to, you know, whatever it is, buy a house or get married or, you know, and, but then there's always something else. So I've really had to find the safety within myself first and then decide from there. And what that leads me into is your intuition. I feel like people are always like, follow your intuition, follow the pull, follow the nudge. For us, that is maybe we understand that. But for someone who maybe hasn't started their spiritual journey yet, was that your intuition? Do you think back then? And like, what does intuition mean to you? People throw it around, but not everyone knows what it means. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's still a question I ask myself like a lot, like, wait, what is even for like random stuff and I think that like maybe that's a good start if you want to get like more curious about your own intuition is to first ask it for like small thing instead of for those like really big like life-changing decision but still like daily I'm like wait is this like my intuition telling me to go there or is it my comfort zone telling me to stay home or is this <laughs> and then you just kind of like sometimes going through a spiral and it's like okay, okay okay go back to like the first instinct and I think that's kind of like what it is usually it's like yeah that first instinct or I don't know I mean I'm not an intuition but sometimes your first instinct could be the one that like just keeps you comfortable but we often knows what we need to do but then we try to rationalize it or and I remember one of my coach was telling me like if your brain is trying to find like reasons and it's like oh yeah but I should do this because of that 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 and that it's like that's not that's that's your brain talking it's not your heart anymore there's often that like feel like I need to do that but I don't understand why and just start like trusting those nudge more often and then see where it leads and either gonna be a great story or great adventure but <laughs> feeling that little like I feel like there should be more and this is not exactly what I want to do and also like I mean for like work and like deciding to leave or not I was finding myself having the same conversation over and over about the same thing and just I kept trying to like rationalize, rationalize in them, but it was never leading to any other conclusion. So I would like find some peace for a little bit. And then two weeks later, I'd be again in the same, like the same drama or in the same like stress or in the same. So it's just like, at some point you're like, okay, I need to do something different because it's, it keeps coming back and I don't want to live that circle again. So I don't know if you need to like go through a few of those uh, circle before like really making a, a decision, but I feel like to me, that was like, that was one of the signs. I was like, okay, this is, that's kind of like hitting my, my boundaries now. And I want to like do something different about it. Yeah. And I, I like to say and remind myself, you know, like not much changes after 24 hours. So what do you need to think about? Because when we wait after 24 hours is where you run the risk of talking yourself out of something you desire or something 
that you truly want in your life because then yeah like the mind starts coming up with all the excuses all the reasons to to not follow through with it not follow through with that that intuitive pull that we're talking about and yeah I think for me it's like do I want to live a practical safe secure life and that's okay like I think a lot of people do right that was the society that a lot of us were raised in but then I asked myself or do I want to follow my heart do I want to follow my desires do I want to take the leap we're also so used to asking like other people's advice and like, even our like loved one and people that we really like care about like not just like society as a whole but just like Mm-hmm. people around us and that can kind of like throw us on the path that we don't always want to um and just taking a little bit more like time to trust first what we actually want and like before asking for advice almost being like more grounded into like okay but what do I really want out of this you know and because at the end of the day like your life is not going to be mine and I'm not going to live yours and, and vice versa and so that's something I'm trying to like practice a little bit more these days too, is like first take a decision and then either like ask for like additional like information or, or, or advice or um, just announce like, Oh, I made this decision. And Yeah. And I think that's, what's so amazing about having a coach or a business coach or, you know, someone by your side, because, you know, having that voice and text support between calls, it's like, sometimes I'll journal a little bit and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to like bring this up to her. But by the time I've journaled and done some breath work and gone for a walk, I've already resolved it in my mind before going to her. But it's like Mm -hmm. knowing that I have someone to, you know, reflect or be a mirror on some of the things that I'm working through and go to her versus like, going to a best friend or going to, you know, my partner or my boyfriend, Dana, I can like have someone else that's like somewhat Mm non-biased, you know, to reflect to about this. But ultimately first, it always does come myself. And I love that. I feel like I'll be about to go send a voice note or like I am sending a voice note to my coach. And as I'm talking, I'm like resolving it as I'm speaking. I'm like, Oh, I just figured that out right now. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. (laughs) So the famous question that we all get so often, you know, is what do you do? And I was actually at the, I was at the beach the other day with, um, she's actually from San Diego and OB. And I asked her that and we were like laughing. Cause I was like, okay, what's another way we can ask this? But I was like, I am like so genuine and so curious to know like what she does. But I was like, is there another way to ask this question? You know, versus like, what's your job? Or I don't know. I find myself sometimes like avoiding the question. I was like, man, I don't even know what they're doing now because I didn't ask because I didn't want to be the person to ask only about the job. <laughs> but um, you can ask the question. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what I do is, so I help entrepreneur to reconnect with why they started their business or connect (laughs) sometimes it's it's not like you know you either like started with like a really clear idea or you um never really had that clear idea and you just kind of like started your business but then don't really have the foundation of like what is the impact i want to make why i'm really in business for and i i started with that and then i help them transition that idea and that foundation into a more like conscious marketing and communication strategy i used to do part of my work is still to help businesses with their marketing and with their communication, creating content and stuff like that. But now like I'm refocusing on initial step of uh, helping people really reconnect with the the intention and, and the purpose and then to translate that into 
a more conscious marketing. Oh my goodness. I just had a flashback of us at the beach Sayulita, near the graveyard site. What is that beach car called on the other side? I feel like we were talking about conscious marketing, right? Mm-hmm. Weren't we there and like kind of like redefining it and but yeah, if you could dive in a little bit deeper about what is conscious marketing and like, why is it so important? It's not a different stage to it, but so um, to me, conscious marketing and conscious business goes together. You can look at like marketing as just a, the how in a way, like the like, oh, I'm, I'm using social media, I'm, I'm sending newsletter, I'm making ads, whatever, like, you know, tools you're using. But then being like more conscious into the process of it is also going to ask yourself, how am I going to use all those tools? And am I really being intentional with the content that I'm creating and that I'm sharing? Um, there's a lot of like... You can have like marketing that's going to be based on manipulation, for example, you know, all the sales, all the like, if you don't do it now, you're going to miss out on the shame, on the guilt. Like there's so much like marketing, more traditional marketing is really based like that too on like, here's a product that you didn't know you wanted. And now you can miss out. Otherwise, your life is going to be miserable. And then you you leave the ad and you feel like, well, shoot, now I really want to have that because my life is miserable, you know? So like that's going to be like the very like unconscious way of doing it. And then you can realize that as a business owner and someone who has offers and products to share, make an impact, not just with your offers, but also with the way you're going to share it to really connect with the audience. And it's not about like selling it to anybody, the first person who wants to get it. I don't care. I just want the money and the quick cash. It's going to be about, I want to connect with my audience, with people I can actually help help and serve and with people that are actually going to be benefiting from it. And at the right time, like it's not always going to be like the, the right time, the right offer for everybody. Really like leaving that like manipulation phase and going more into like a more inspirational and more like, even if you're not my clients, I can still like help you. We can still communicate. We can still have like some sort of like relationship. Tools, it, it could be the same tools. Like it could be still on social media. It could still be doing ads. It could still be sending newsletters. But the way you're going to do it is going to be a lot more like conscious and a lot more intentional. But I do believe that in order to do that, you also need to have like solid foundation and know what your business really is for and really have a conscious business from the beginning and like a business that wants to support your community, support your audience. I want to make something better happen. Yeah, I love that description. And it just reminds me, I just started a program called Magnetic Marketing. And I did my first training yesterday for the women inside. And we talked about that a little bit like traditional marketing versus what I like to call feminine marketing. And I describe it as like the need versus desire and like how it used to be or the traditional way is, is like you create a product based on what people need. And then the commercials are based on you need this to belong, you need this to be accepted. And it's like pain point marketing as well, right? Like, are you feeling stressed? Are you feeling anxious? You need this to not be anxious, to not be stressed. And and then it's like this whole, I need you to fix me and then you will give me the answer. So you have these clients coming into your space. If you market like this, like, tell me what to do, fix me. You know, I'm anxious, I'm stressed. And I've also seen in the coaching industry things like, you know, you've made 50K months. Can you do it again? You know, it's like creating this like scarcity, doubt and fear, worry. And then and then it becomes like, now I need you. Now I need to hire you as a coach. And I believe like this new earth that we're building with, you know, conscious marketing, what you're talking about and us leaning more into our feminine is having 
getting our clients and enroll in a vision, you know, and like, we're in this together. It's not, I'm on this pedestal and now you need me. And then it's also not, it's like collapsing time for a desired transformation versus like a quick fix. I feel like in the old things, like even thinking back when we were kids, I remember seeing things like slim fast, you'll drink slim fast. And you know, within one week you'll be skinny. You know, it's like people just want this like quick fix. And that's not really like, at least for our businesses, we're in it for the long, the long game, the long, long-term vision. And it reminds, really reminds me of, I saw someone talking about this the other day, like the story of two real estate agents and like one, they are like tight on cash. They need to pay the bills. They have no furniture in the house. They just really want to make a sale. So they go straight to the selling and they put it on the market. That's like one of the real estate agents. And then the other one doesn't even think about the sale yet. They focus all on the marketing and like what you're saying about like conscious marketing and really being conscious about it and thinking about the movement and the story behind what this means to them and why they're doing it and the reason and the purpose. And so they take all their time. They don't even think about the sale yet. They're, they put art on the walls, furniture in the house, and they're, reflecting and what this means to her. And then she ends up like with her marketing, telling a story of the neighborhood and a story about, you know, she finds out that she's so passionate about women having their name on a mortgage for the first time and women buying and creating wealth through real estate. What we learned in that book that we read, We Should All Be Millionaires. It wasn't that long ago that women were allowed to have credit cards or bank accounts or own land or property. So back to this real estate agent, she's like, this is like what I'm passionate about is like to have more women have have real estate. So she tells the story. And then the day of the open house, she has all these women show up. And before they even know the price or know what the sale is, these women show up and they're like connected to a story. They're connected and they already feel it in their body that they belong in this house and they want to be a part of this movement. They want to be a part of the story and continue the story and write the story for themselves. And, you know, when they walk into the house, there's art on the walls. You can tell there was like time and there's furniture set up and now they can really feel themselves in the house. And then it makes the value so much easier to explain. It makes the sale so much more simple and the conversation so much more fluid because they see themselves in it in the story and in, in the movement and the purpose. Yeah, I just think of that like, you know, conscious marketing and feminine marketing. It's really like creating this getting to the purpose and the why of why we're doing what we're doing as entrepreneurs. Why are we selling what we're selling? Hearing the story, I was like, oh my gosh, it's so cool. You now these women they want to buy this house because they want to have a mortgage to their name. And then with this woman that's a real estate agent, it's the new woman that buys this house, she gets to carry on that story and that legacy which I think is so beautiful I love that yeah definitely it reminds me of uh, one of my friends who makes like clothes and like scarves and stuff like that and she takes so much time to make them and she handpicked the the material and she's gonna like think about the color that's gonna go with the person she makes it for and all that like adds up to the final result but if she just sells the final result like that like the final scarf without the story then you're missing a really like big piece of like how it's being created and it's I, I remember she was telling me she's like yeah, I, I want to like charge more for it but I don't think people will understand and stuff and so we were talking about how like sharing all those like steps before was mm-hmm. important because people want to like if they know the story like the next time they're gonna wear the scarf they're gonna be like oh my god yeah that's a scarf that was made like specifically for me and with those colors and with those material on and and even the the customer will want to like will be like glad and happy to pay more because of what it's 
it's getting at the end of the day. So yeah, the power of stories is for sure really important. Exactly. Yeah. And like as humans, we just want to feel like we belong and we're a part of something. And me and Dana were watching K-pop. I don't know, something on like the history of K-pop and Korea and like how big it is over there and stuff. And it's so funny because everyone is just so enrolled into the characters and the story of who they, who, who is who and who plays what role. And they're just like obsessed with these characters. You know, and they follow them around and they're so interested in them and they're obsessed with them. I mean, it's like a whole other level, but so interesting, you know, as humans, we just want to like support each other, I think deep down. And when we can share our story, we can feel like we are a part of Mm -hmm. supporting them as well. And then it doesn't feel like it's an exchange of money anymore. It just feels like you're joining in in a bigger purpose. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it is kind of like letting people in, in your story, in your life, creating something together, whether it's like on a virtual level or or in person but yeah it's definitely and then you have people that for you as someone who's marketing and as a business owner it's a lot more fun to show up on whichever platform you're using when you know that your audience is supporting you and knows your stories and is excited about your wins and is there to support you when you have like downs and it's going to be a lot easier for you to like show up too. And then for them, it's, they, they become your fans for life. You know, (laughs) like, it's like, I even remember watching the documentary on Taylor Swift. I listen to her song very differently since then. I I used to like it. No, I love her. (laughs) And so the songs are the same, but like, I know the story behind it. I understand her character more. And so now I'm like more, a lot more of a fan than I was before without all the, the background stories. So it's, it's definitely not just the product that matters or the end, the end product. It's, it's, it's the whole package. Yes. I remember watching her documentary as well. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I love her so much now. And yeah, if anyone listening ever wants to go with me and Yaz to a Taylor Swift concert, mm-hmm. that would be my freaking dream. It'd be so much fun. <laughs> and I think it's yeah. important to you, like as for ourselves as entrepreneurs and as business owner, like if we if we don't share those stories, if we don't reconnect ourselves to why we do what we do, it's it can you can really lose your motivation and your inspiration. Like I, I had a, a client recently that was like, you know, you kind of like you go on your day-to-day, you do the work, but you kind of forget about like why am I doing what I'm doing? And and then it just seems like a regular job and like yeah, you may you may not have like a typical boss or a manager, but it's typical job in a way you wake up to and you go to and you kind of like lose that excitement from the beginning because you don't remember the big picture or you're not enrolled in your own vision anymore really keeping that in mind for yourself first and then for your audience is is really important yeah and I think that's something a quote that Melanie Ann Lair says it's for me for you for us and that has really stuck with me because yeah it always has to start with you and you enjoying it and your purpose and you loving it and being lit up about it and believing in it and I think the number one reason why entrepreneurs give up is that they don't believe in their work enough to sell it and I think you know when you believe so strongly in your mission and you know why you're here this and it's not just for you it's it's to help move society in a better, to shift it into a better, more positive world. Yeah, then it becomes so much bigger than just the human of what will people think? And I'm, people are going to judge me and all the things that come up being an entrepreneur. Because that will come up. 
Yes, it definitely will come up. And when you were younger, like, did you ever think like, oh yeah, I want to be, I want to be a CEO when I grow up? Or like, did you ever think that you would own your own business like you do today? No, never, never, ever. So Belgium is not really like, it's it's not the culture you would like think for like entrepreneurs and business owner because also like the way it's structured with like taxes and it's it's not it's not an easy like transition. Actually, remember when I told my friends that I was gonna be self-employed they all looked at me like I was gonna jump from bridge and <laughs> like what but, but what about your retirement what about this and what about that and, and your social security and because it's a lot more like complicated when you're like self-employed so there's a lot of fear around it and I was never really encouraged or even given like the opportunity like oh that's something you could do or or whatever actually, my parents actually had their own business for a while and it didn't work out so it definitely didn't give me like that motivation to go that route and I think being in the states for um, a little bit before that uh, when I was really like starting my career and stuff that helped because there's a lot more of that like can do mentality here and you can have your own business it's okay um, there's also a lot more the culture is more comfortable with failing in the states than it is in Europe when you look at like other businesses other entrepreneurs like see failure as a, something that you've tried uh, and you've probably learned a lot from as in Europe it's really seen as like something like shameful and something that you cannot like really talk about and so um i think culture has a big role in how we go around our careers and stuff and so being here helped me to just put it on the map like oh it's actually an option i never thought of that it came so naturally like i just like the when i was working with a previous company i kind of needed to be a self-employed um so i was like okay i'll just do that and then that's just that's kind of like how i started like picking up like clients so it wasn't like really like okay now i'm gonna like start my own company and start from like from scratch and i'm gonna figure it out it was more like oh i'm, I'm this is leading me towards that let's just try it and then if i don't like it i'll just it's not a forever choice so and now it seems like a forever choice though because I'm like I don't think I could go back but <laughs> it's still there but we'll... for you it's like how I, I'm just thinking of me when I was you know, working as a speech and language pathologist, I always had things to do that were given to me by my boss. And I feel like as a business owner and entrepreneur, it can, or at least I think some people can wonder, like, how do you, how can you like stay on top of things? How can you stay motivated? How can you stay organized when you don't have a boss like telling you what to do? Are there any like specific tools or tips you use to like stay, like stay on top of things? I feel like it kind of came with like, trial and error like there's definitely like at the beginning you think you can do all those and you like say yes to everything also by being like you know when you're like traveling and working at the same time I would just be too like optimistic about like everything I could fit in now one thing that I I really try to do is like I definitely at the beginning I was trying to have like a regular schedule so like your regular nine to five nine to six whatever and to do to just do that for my business and then I realized that you had to add your admin task your task your invoices um all the like moment in between also realizing that you actually don't work eight hours a day when you're in an office so like that was like a big shift for me is to not overpack my schedule um I think there's like a lot of guilt or shame that like comes with like oh but I need to work more I need to still have like a full-time like blah blah blah. um and then with that came like the realization that like okay first like when I was working in an office I was not working as much 
And then second, um, I didn't leave it to actually recreate it. So came with uh, some like shift along the, the road with that. And then tools wise, like the only really like tool that I rely on is Asana, which is like my like master to-do list and schedules and, and calendar and stuff. If it ever um, goes down and, and delete my account, um, I might be in trouble because <laughs> uh, it's like, it just feels like it's like my my brain ideas. And every time I have an idea, I'm like, okay, I'll put it in there and then I'll, I'll figure it out later. But that's, yeah, that's about it. Other than that, I think it really depends on like the personality. I'm, I'm personally... I don't really like, I do like to work by myself on projects, but I do also like to be around people. So that's why I like would go to some like co-working places or like cafes and stuff like that. Cause I like to change like environment and just not be like by myself the whole day. But other than that, I have like enough discipline, I guess, to just like stick to like what I said I was going to do uh, and keep like my deadlines. But yeah, I think it's, it's just like the overpacking of schedule that's that was like the biggest um thing I had to to ship I love Asana I just discovered (laughs) Asana like a few months ago and I'm obsessed I like color code everything and it feels (laughs) I feel so organized and yeah I think something that just came up for me is just like how there's so many ups and downs in owning a business and I know a lot of people say like it's owning a business is like a spiritual awakening in itself and I know you called it like your business is like personal development on steroids (laughs) (laughs) why do you think that is and like how is it how has it been for you and like how have you been able to ride the highs and lows and deal with all the ups and downs of entrepreneurship puts you in front of situation that you would not have been confronted to um, otherwise and so it really makes you look into a lot of like beliefs you have around I mean I think the biggest one is the relationship you have with money as a business owner you're going to have to ask you have not only ask for money but like set your price first that also is going to be tied with like your confidence about what you're selling. Uh, then you're going to have to like ask for money. You're going to have to deal with people that would maybe not be okay with it. Um, deal with people who might want to have discounts or like, you know, there's like so much stuff that if you're in a regular job, the only time really you, unless you're in sales, but in, even in sales, it's not your own money. So I think it has a different you might not have like the same relationship, but the only time really you have to like confront yourself to that is when you um, negotiate your salary. And that's once every few years, if you change job every few years, uh, there with your business is going to be like once every week, month, day, depending. And so there's like a lot of those situations where if you don't really look into it on a more like profound and deeper level, you can, uh, you're going to like feel stuck really quickly. Um, and so, yeah, to me, it like really helped me like grow on like on different like level because I was, um, I was like, if I don't like work on that, if I don't look into that, then my business is not going to move forward or it's going to bring me a lot of stress or yeah, like just kind of like make me do like things that I don't want to do. And 
I, another example is like boundaries, I think is like something that like is so important to look into when you have your own business. Because if you work with clients and your boundaries are not really clear for yourself or they might be clear, but you don't know how to communicate them, then you're, you're going to be in for a treat because they're going to like, you know, basically you're often going to be in situations like, man, like I said, I was only going to do an hour meeting and now I'm here for like two hours or like I said, I wasn't going to work on the weekend and here I am working on the weekend. And, and we tend to blame, blame the other person for it. Like, I can't believe they're making me do this. I can't believe they're making me do that. And then when you start working on like your own boundaries, your own communication and, and how to like, yeah, like communicate that to other people, most people will like accept it. That's kind of like, that's the rule we're playing by. That's great. Sounds good. And so I recently just took a week off. One of my clients sent me like the best message I could have asked for she was like oh please ignore all communication coming from us this week you enjoy see you when you come back and I was like so proud of myself because I was like man that that's that really showed to me like I I put clear boundaries I did what I needed to do before I didn't try to avoid the conversation of like because that a few years ago I would have been like oh I'm not really taking time off like I'll still be in I'll still check emails here and there but then I'll be frustrated while doing it because I'm like, man, like they're making me checking my emails. It's like, not really. Like I'm making myself do that. And so this year it was like a total like vacation, like stress-free, no emails, nothing because I was able to set that context and that boundaries for myself. That is huge being able to set boundaries. And I think that also comes with, you know, loving yourself and the journey of just self-worth and confidence and of course like what you said earlier like oh my goodness money is such a big one on this journey and you know the art of giving and receiving and feeling worthy of of money and not just oh I guess it'll be free or like donation based you know and again that has to do with like worth and self-doubt and confidence and I think like being seen and putting yourself out there these are all things that I'll probably always be working on you know and on this journey and being able to put ourselves out there you know use our voice be seen those are all things that can feel like so scary and we can almost like tie it to who we are or our worth or you know, if people don't sign up and or go into our containers, then we're not good enough, you know, so having to work through all of those things every single day, like, I guess, just to close out, what are your non-negotiables for being a business owner and being an entrepreneur? Like, if someone's listening, and they're like, okay, I really want to start my business. But like, what are some things you would advise to them? Like, okay, at least for you, like, this is a non-negotiable for you, you got to have these things well i would say the first thing is to really get clear on on why you're starting your business it's it's not the easiest path and it's not the most comfortable one either but it might be the most meaningful one for you but in order to do that i think it has to be like if if your only goal is to be uh, your own boss uh free from from other people's expectation um if you just want to be like, I want to work for my own, I don't want to work for anybody else, I think it's going to quickly burn out because those can come with, but like they're, they're not really the foundation of why like you start your business. It's kind of like stuff that like that you want to incorporate within, but like really like why, like what is it that you're really like passionate about and what is really like your interest and something that you really want to communicate and share with the world uh 
I feel like that would be like the first thing and that might change along the way too. And it's okay, but just taking the time to that. Yeah. Cause it's not going to be like, if you start your business to make more money, well, the reality of thing is that the first month might be like your slowest month ever. So like, if that's your only goal, you are quickly going to be like disappointed and, and discouraged. If being your own boss is like really what's like important to you, then you might also find that, well, actually working with clients and working with other people that also come with their own struggles. So it's like, I feel like those things are kind of like, they're, they're not like strong enough or they're not like, they're, they're not like the foundation of your business, but like, what are you passionate about? What do you, what change do you want to make? What, what's that idea that you have that unique way of doing what the inspiration behind um, what you want to do, what's your vision for the world and how you can really contribute to it. Um, that's what's going to hold you when you feel like you want to give up or when you feel like, yeah, you, it's like a hard time in your business. So yeah, I would say to like really start with that and, um, and then to don't feel like you have to do it alone. I know that's like something we talk a lot together and, whether it is with a coach, a program, or with other people around you um, that have a business too, being surrounded at least once in a while with other entrepreneurs that share the same struggles and the same ups and downs um, is going to make the journey a lot more fun and less lonely. Um, and it's going to help you also to like, I mean, fair enough, it could come with some like uh, comparison and stuff like that too, but also just be like, oh, actually I'm not the only one feeling this way. Um, this is not me being like, you know, not motivated enough or, or not good enough about that. It's just, that's just part of Part of the ride it's not always a high ride sometimes there's like the the lower part of it and it's okay you just keep coming back up and see what what comes next you know absolutely why i love you know mentorship and being in masterminds or group programs it's just that receiving that support and being surrounded by other women who yeah are on the same journey but also who are motivated dedicated to their craft and it's just so inspiring you know I feel like that accountability is so important and I like what you said about you know money being an entrepreneur it's like are you only in this to make money or are you in this for a movement you know that moves society in a more positive direction do you want to just be known for how much money you make or do you want to be known for the art, the journey, the deep truth that lives within you and, you know, your purpose and what you're sharing with the world. So true. Getting very, very clear on your why and, and also being surrounded by humans who, who get it. You know, I think that's something I'm, I'm learning too, is to not put everything on your partner and they don't necessarily have to know like everything that's going on in your business, because that's something that you can talk about with your business coach or, you know, when you're in a group program or a mastermind, you can talk about that with the women that are inside and to not put everything on just your partner, I think is so important. Yeah, definitely. Especially if they're also not on the mm -hmm. same journey, then they like sometimes like advice just don't apply or don't like they just don't, they might have all their love and support in their heart. Like they might just not get it because they're not on that same like journey in, in, in business. Exactly. And 
Yeah. So what is the best way for people to work with you, to connect with you? Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram at share your bright side and uh, check out my website that is shareyourbrightside.com. And um, if you're interested in, in defining that purpose and getting clear on mission, on your mission and on your vision and then on working more on your conscious uh, marketing, then, um, then go check it out and uh, get in touch with me. And it'll be great to hear about what you're up to. And it's just always so exciting to hear about other business owner and what they're passionate about and, and their, um, their project and their little babies and keep growing that community. You know? Beautiful. Thank you so much for being here with me for just chatting and keeping it real. And I'm sure that this has touched at least one person in their journey with deciding to become an entrepreneur or starting their own business. So thank you so much for your time, your wisdom. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I love you. If this episode served you, please share, send it to someone. It could help them heal or create a new perspective in their life. I love when you share on social media, take a screenshot, tag me on Instagram, rave underscore read. And if you feel called to share something you learned or loved from this episode, it would mean so much to me. And please reach out to me personally, send me a message, and let me know how this is resonating with you. Thank you so much for your support. Consider subscribing to this podcast, leaving me a five-star review so we can continue to grow and up-level together. I appreciate you and see you in the next episode.